That Joke Isn't Funny Anymore, available on Amazon and everywhere. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lou Perez Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Perez, and I'm very happy to be joined this morning, although I don't know what you guys are watching this, um, but I'm happy to be joined by Jeremy Kaufman. He's a libertarian and a shill for big New Hampshire. So thank you, Jeremy, for uh, for joining me today. Uh, it's it's great to be here. And I guess in libertarian spaces, I'm I'm kind of known for making you know these these funny videos. So it's intimidating to talk to a, a person who's seriously funny. You know, I'm just an I'm just an amateur. I just play at it. So absolutely. I'll do it. No, I, I I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean the uh, the uh, oh god, what was the one video you did? People need to check out. Um, it's uh, was it War is Gay? Maybe, I think that's maybe. that's the one that the most people have have seen. The, the War is Gay video, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, really well done, and and it was shot great too. Um, who do you want to give a, a shout out to the? Uh, no, that, the person who made the video, I think his ego is too big already. It's getting <laughs> a bit outsized, and so I try to I try to just not mention it. Just kind of try to brush him under the table. Um, Dan Smots is uh, no Dan Smots is the guy. He's now doing videos for the Josh Smith campaign. Uh, who just Josh just had his first campaign video came out, and and you know Dan once again did a did a very good job. So he's a he's a real talent uh, and a real um, you know real asset to to the libertarian movement because I think it's you know it's media and podcasts are definitely some of the things that that you know I think it's a lot more effective than just the arguments. You know, so yeah, he does a good job with that. Yeah, and I really appreciate. Um, you lending humor to um, to a lot of this stuff too, because I, w- I feel like when I was uh, you know getting into like doing like political satire, I felt like being a libertarian just sort of it, it, it sort of gave me like a, a natural point of view where I, you know technically I can take on both sides uh, and you know find humor uh, in that, and I feel like I, I don't know I feel like there. I feel like humor has kind of like a small L, you know, libertarian bent to it. What do you think? Yeah. uh, yeah, Well, humor is the tool of the faction that's out of power. Right. Uh, Right. Right. uh, And and that's the faction that's never been in power. Humor has always been on our side. Right. Um, uh, uh, Because when have the liberty, you know, when have the libertarians ever had uh, ever had enough power to become the humorless ones, uh, the ones to which the humor is is a threat. Um, Because I think that is actually the purpose of the humor, at least some of the humor, and this is kind of uh, not to get, uh, I guess, maybe to get too serious about it. You know, sort sure. of implicit in a lot of these fights about you know, messaging, at least as I see it, is like, are you trying to meet people in their own frame? Are you trying to um, explain to them inside of their own existing sort of frame of, of the world why libertarianism is better for them? You know, that, that, that markets can just produce this outcome that you want or whatever versus this strategy of expressing libertarianism as this sort of different frame, this, this different ethical or moral frame and trying to bring people uh, into it and try, you know, um, so basically whether you're meeting people where they are or trying to get that and explain it in their terms versus trying to get them into your own uh, view. And I think jokes are one of the things that, that can kind of get people to see things a little bit uh, differently. They can get people to recognize without being threatened. That's the other thing. Arguments are threatening. Um, you know, that we mm-hmm. get defensive being wrong about things. We used to get killed for that. Do you know that we used to just get, just be on the I, wrong side of some political thing. You just, you just die. You never know? been wrong, man. Sorry. <laughs> Still well, we're, we're bad. We're enlightened now, I guess. So we don't do that quite as much. Now you just get like arrested. Uh, but it yeah. used to be, you know, um, so I think like, you know, this stuff, we view it as like really 
as like psychologically threatening these political arguments, you know? And so humor can be a way of, of getting that to be a less threatening when you're less threatened, you can entertain the ideas better. And so I think humor is good at, at, at allowing that kind of thing that, 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 that consideration to happen in a less threatening way. Yeah. And I, uh, w- when I was doing um, uh, stuff for we, the internet TV in particular, sort of like the, the idea was, to use, use humor as a way to take on controversial subjects and start conversations. And for a while, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, this is the way to, you know, uh, get people talking and all that. And then after a while, I was like, I don't know if the, uh, the, if the motives were like that benign or, it, or, or it's sort of like, it seemed like there was like a lot a lot behind that or a lot of effort, you know, to make that a thing as opposed to it's like, no, I, I don't actually think I'm going to persuade anybody uh, that, you know, they're wrong and I'm right. But what I can do is sort of like exercise, you know, my vision or my artistic vision and just put it out there. And if people dig it, they dig it. If they don't like it, Hey, that, you know, that's fine. And I feel like I, 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 I know, like over the years, I've sort of like, um, I don't know, I think I've stepped back from the idea that I can kind of like change people or bring <laughs> people over to my side. Like I just, I, I, you know, it's just like, man, it's it's a it's a big effort. And it's kind of like, I don't know, patronizing in a way where it's sort of like, OK, I'm going to you you hold this belief very strongly. I'm going to change that right now. You know, and it's like, I, I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily that good at it. Maybe we're just not that good at it, you know. No, you're probably you're probably better at it than most people because I think what you just said is is the only way it ever can actually happen, which is you know you're just being you're you're putting something out there and if people like it, you know they'll they'll pick it up. Um, but it is you know it is always interesting how much people feel that you know they can change others. You meet some people who really think, well, what would change your mind? You know, their their answer tends to be very little, right? The, the what argument would make you be a communist or be a socialist or um, or you know whatever? Um, and I mean, I I do admit to being. I, of course, I think every cynic thinks they're a realist, uh, but I would probably be described as a cynic, uh, you know, in, in in this area myself in terms of how feasible um, your sort of genuine persuasion is. And part of it is I used to be one, the guy I was talking about, you know, the guy meeting people where they are, um, you know, trying to explain to them how libertarianism would, would just do it better. And it's part of what made me uh, made me adopt some of the beliefs that I have, you know, now, you know, because I, I came from um the left i grew up in a in a in a you know left progressive circle and i worked in tech you know and that's just that's just the atmosphere and a lot of these people will have these professed values about you know caring about the environment or caring about the the, the underprivileged or whatever and, and if you talk to them about well hey markets could solve that problem for you better you know free voluntary and you know, they're not interested they're not interested right and so it makes me you know i think a lot of times people are what actually motivates them and what actually drives them to, to prefer express certain political preferences aren't even the you know, stated reasons. There's, there's sort of deeper, you know, underlying motivations there. Yeah. Um, at a, at pork fest this year, uh, you had a debate. I wasn't able to, uh, to, to watch it live, but um, you, uh, you took on um, a, uh, a friend of mine. He might be a mutual friend, Matt Kibbe. Uh, and I, what was the, the proposition was it's easier to, uh, make somebody a homosexual than to make them libertarian. Is that, that's is right. That, am that's I getting, right. Yes, am it's, I easier, it right? Yeah, it's easier to turn someone gay than to turn someone um, uh, libertarian. It's uh, it's a bit of a provocative framing. I'm actually not sure I buy it 
all the way myself. But the key idea here is that a lot of this stuff, and I won the debate, um, uh, by the way, and I do consider Matt a friend. He was a very fair, uh, a very fair opponent uh, and, a, and a tough opponent to, to, to defeat. But uh, the argument uh, is basically that to be recognizing that, that there's a big genetic component to all of these uh, things. Um, quite frankly, that there's likely a big genetic component um, uh, uh, you know, to everything. Um, and I, I think um, I, I like, you know, and you can talk to any parent who has more than one child, you know, they'll tell you about how their, their kids have different behaviors and different personalities. Right. And so these these differences in our personalities, they're they're, they're reflected in our politics. Right. Someone who is more egalitarian and inherently in their nature is going to be more in favor of, of redistribution than someone who is on average and someone who is in, in inherently less. And this applies to all kinds of things, you know, and so it's, you can get into these really funny arguments. Right. Like when I attend to look it up. I, and I, I, how hereditary these things are, you know, you'll find things like, well, right, right, right wing authoritarianism is approximately uh, as as or more hereditary uh, as being gay. Well, you know, so they're both born that way, you know, so shouldn't we be forgiving? You know, should, we be, should we be forgiving both of them? I mean, we can't. I mean, we just need to, uh, you know, um, I, you know, the funny thing is, is it's it's actually made me more accepting. It's actually made me a more accepting person, actually, to realize that, hey, some of these people who that's why I can't persuade. That's why I can't reason with that. And it makes more sense to kind of say, OK, well, we have gen we just have genuine. We're still human. We still both don't want murder to happen. We have plenty of overlapping values. I'm not trying to say these people are like complete aliens for me, but like there's things that we just fundamentally disagree on. And those things are deeply seated in our psyches and they're not necessarily things that we can reason with each other on. And so, you know, where do we go from here? To me, it's while well, we separate. You have different spaces with different rules, and and let people live the way that they you know want to live. But but I don't see my preferences as being an absolutist. I don't want to make the whole world libertarian. I don't want to do that. Libertarianism for those who want it, you know, socialism and communism and social democracy for those who want that, you know. Yeah, well, bringing up you know the whole you know nature versus nurture um, argument, and it's something that that I've seen you know firsthand. I, I have. Um, I have two boys, uh, one's three and the other's uh, going to be two. And they, they came out of the same lady. Um, and as far as I know, I'm the, I'm the dad. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like 101% sure that they're my kids, but man, they are so fucking different. Like they're yeah. really different. Like my youngest, he's an animal. Like he is so aggressive. Like he is, he is, he's a slapper. He's a biter. He, you know, his immediate response to uh, any discomfort is to whine and to wrestle, you know, and the other guy, he's a little older, he's a little bit more, you know, he's a little bit more chill. And it's like, it's the same household, you know, we, 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 we feed them the same stuff. Um, so it, it, it is wild to, you know, to see that. And also I, I come from a, a family of uh, five boys and, you know, there it is. We're all, you know, all raised in the same household. And man, we're all different in these really peculiar ways. Um, and I, I don't know. I, 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 how do you like? How do you acknowledge that, but don't go down like a fatalistic route? Or, um, or you know, maybe that's just you know. Uh, well, you also acknowledge the evidence that that people can change. That that we're not on fixed paths. That you know. And so, just it's like you have to accept both. I mean, it's like, do you want to tell everyone that they can become an NBA player? You know, is that helpful to society to, to believe or are also similar? This one might be more offensive. Do we want to tell everyone that anyone, everyone could be the president? 
you know, everyone, like, well, no, a lot of people don't have the set of, uh, um, hopefully no one would have the set of skills to be proud. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, no, so yeah, look, I, you have to, the goal is to be real, op- optimistically realistic, I think is, you know, is what, is what you want to do. So you want to figure out, hey, what works and what doesn't. I mean, I think what we have to be comfortable with is like at least entertaining the ideas and performing, you know, science and studying them. Part of what frustrates me so much is like, because like, look, I'm not, I'm, um, I have a science background, but I'm not, and I've nerded out on this stuff, but I don't claim to be the world's foremost expert. Do your own research on this stuff. Don't, don't just believe what I'm here, you know, um, um, saying or, or representing, but part of, but some of this stuff has become so tabooed that you can't even like talk about it. And I think that's very frustrating uh, to me because I have that impulse where, Hey, we can talk, we should be able to talk about anything. We should at least be able to you know, kind of discuss this. And so um, and I think that is changing. Uh, I think that it has been changing in the last uh, in the last several years. But I think it's I, I just think it's really important because you're to me, I, I want to achieve things. I want to win. I want to succeed in the real world. That starts by understanding reality. If I don't understand reality, like how can I, you know, how can I win? How can I succeed? And so to me, it's like, well, I want to find the truth wherever it is. If it takes me to an uncomfortable place, so it takes me to an uncomfortable place. But I, you know, I just want to know if it's true or not. Um, yeah. And and so that's and I think this stuff is for people who who want to for people who feel that way. I think these ideas are are important and are worth entertaining. Yeah, and, and I think you know I think one of the one of the great things about uh, like social media and the technology that we have is that we are able to have you know those kinds of uh, conversations more easily. But I think a lot of times if they're being done online, like say for example in like a Twitter thread. Um, then there, you know, there's only like so much you could do with that, like sort of a surface level, uh, you know, conversation as opposed to like actually sitting down and having like, you know, an hours long, you know, in-depth convo uh, in good faith, you know? Um, so it's sort of like the, the, it's like the, the best of times and, and the worst of times in a, in a way. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why I bring that up because you get it, you get in trouble, Jeremy. And, and, <laughs> But social media is different, right? Like social, a lot of, again, we're, we're the, if you can bring things into that space where it's, oh, it's intellectual and we're taking that step back and we're having this, then, then um, yeah, that's a safe place. One, a lot of people can't get there ever, aren't even right. capable of doing that in the first place. And even if they are social media, the incentives are, you know, it's the opposite. We are not in, for the most part, uh, you can find pockets um, it's social media is kind of like a tit for tat game, but for the most part, it's, it's conflict. And when we're, when, when we're in conflict and fighting space, you got to play by the rules of the game. You can't get in the boxing ring and start, uh, you know, arguing, uh, you know, arguing with someone, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta punch them. That's the, those are the, the those are the rules. That's how you succeed in that domain. And so a lot of social media is tribal warfare. It's, it's people, uh, at least political social media, it's, it's people forming up into these sort of tribes or groups and if anything, getting, you know, a lot of them are like getting ginned up and looking for a conflict and, you know, wanting to, mm-hmm. to bash heads or in this case, smash their words against each other, uh, smash their memes against each other. And there is this middle that is at times, you know, undecided uh, and can be moved by these uh, conflicts. But a lot of it's existing tribes who are looking to, to, to run and, and, and smash and fight. And that's the game. And, it, you know, so it's just there's some people who use social media to have um your longer form, more detailed conversations. And I will do that with my own account at times when it's the right space for that. Um, 
but this idea that you can succeed by doing that, that's, I think that's, of course, just ludicrous. That's just not what the game is for, for you know, 90% of it. Yeah, and I think, I think recognizing it as a game is really important. And, and you know, and ultimately, I mean, as, as, you know, fucked up as social media might, you know, might get, it is much better than, you know, people meeting in the streets and having, you know, fistfights or shootouts. I mean, I, I feel like it's, um, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, if, if I had to fight every single person I've ever had an argument with on Twitter, I mean, I would be busted open. I don't think my brain, my brain obviously wouldn't work. I'd have so many, so many. I mean, I mean, and the streets would be littered with corpses of, of, uh, of, of those, who, <laughs> those who came against me. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, yeah, to- yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I think social media is, is great. Like I'm yeah. very net positive on social media, despite it, it having, um, downsides. I think it's like the upside. Like, you, know, you look at all, all kinds of things. I mean, partially, I think it's that it's new, and so we haven't like um, adapted. I think like a generation later, we're going to be much hard, you know, more hardened to it. It's like it's like, <laughs> it's like when people invented like the first time like money was invented, and people came up with compound interest. You know, and it was just like really easy to trick people because they did not, you know, they couldn't do interest calculations or whatever. You know, like there's these new novel things, abundant calories, right? We're not ready. Like, the fact that calories are abundant and, and everywhere is is a net positive for humanity. But obviously, then we it get comes fat. with some, yeah, yeah, some, you know, until we adapt a little bit or get smarter about it or whatever, it's it has some downsides as well. And so I think like social media is very much in this. It's um, it's very new. And so all these things are are new. And But I think as people grow up with it more and it becomes more normal. I also think we'll get more hardened and resilient to the downsides um, while still being able to get the upsides, which is this, this free uh, interchange of information, this ability for, it, it really is incredible, Twitter specifically, this ability to find, you know, even a small account that says the right thing at the right time can get seen by, you know, millions of people. And so this ability for sort of the best memes, the best nuggets of information to be floating to the top in this sort of market-based competitive space, I, you know, I think it's it's what it actually produces uh, in terms of information, uh, and I mean means and every arguments and everything inside of that word information. It's really amazing. It's beautiful and it's beautiful. Uh, and so I think I'm you know I'm very 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 positive on it overall. Yeah, I I I become really excited for Twitter or X. I mean, I don't know anybody who's calling it X, but. Um, it- yeah, it'll still be it'll be still be Twitter in my heart. Um, I was getting like really excited about it. Um, I guess when when Musk took over, and obviously there's some bumps in the road and all that. But just seeing like the amount of engagement, and I was like, man, is it is it possible for me to get like uh, sort of like what Facebook was for me like ten years ago, where it's sort of like this is the place where in the, I log in in the morning, I'm there throughout the day before I go to bed, I check it. I'm putting videos up. I'm having conversations, long form conversations and all that, like this one stop shop. And I really hope that, you know, Twitter uh, can become that. Um, I guess the one thing that, that I'm concerned about, I think it's something that, that, that you've uh, highlighted too, is this idea of freedom of speech, not freedom of reach, which, uh, you know, I guess, you know, there, there's a, a I don't know, like a, a marketing component to it. Like, Oh, that sounds, that sounds good because it rhymes, but it's like, no, it, that, that sucks. Like, yeah, how do you have, how can you even say that you have freedom of speech if you're not going to be able to reach people with it? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's definitely uh, like it's definitely a concern. I mean, what they're trying to do, they want to have two, but like every every business wants to have two bites at the apple, or as many bites at the apple as you can, right? So if you're if you're so they want to both simultaneously be for in the free speech, the people who want you know more freedom, they want to be regarded as as free as possible. Uh, to the advertisers, they want to so they want to have different reputations to different um, segments. Um, and they want to, uh, and they want to, you know, sort of behave different, you know, differently. Because obviously they're not, uh, you know, any claim that they're, you know, only going to delete things or that are illegal or things like that. You know, they're clearly setting rules somewhere. You know, so where are they going to set them? It's, it's, um, you know, this is something I have actually spent a lot of time dealing with myself. You know, because I, uh, uh, you're running, um, founding library uh, and Odyssey. You know, Odyssey is being used by. Um, hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you know, each day, how you're dealing with moderation and, and these kinds of things, you know, and it is like, it's a genuine uh, uh, challenge. Like, I don't think they're getting it right. Uh, but it is like, it's, it's, it is a genuinely hard, I will say it's like a genuinely hard thing. Um, but I think, you know, what the, the biggest thing for me is this idea of it being like secret I just think you can't have it, it, having a system in which like the rules are like opaque and unclear and you can violate them, you know, without knowing why, or just all the spec, you know, it creates all creating all this speculation around like, Oh, is, is my account, you know, flagged? Is it being, uh, um, um, inhibited in, in various ways. And, you know, my bet actually is that 90% of the time or 80% of the time that people are speculating that, that nothing is happening. Right, that mm -hmm. you go up and down in the algorithm for, like, sort of not finger on the scale reasons. Right, that a lot of this is is the genuine fluctuations. Sometimes your account reaches a certain threshold in their algorithms, it gets a bunch of discovery. You fall back below the threshold, you're not getting suggested, and you know that there are real, like, fair reasons that this is happening. Um, but sometimes it's clearly not that. Right, sometimes it is clearly their thumb on the scales, and there's plenty of examples of this. Like. Um, uh, Twitter obviously has admitted it. A couple of years back, YouTube accidentally was leaking this stuff in their API responses. And so people captured a bunch of the numbers and people knew literally there was a plus minus number that was being assigned to each account from YouTube themselves, which was like, yeah. how much do we like this, this content? And it was related to brand safety and other factors, but it was their literal, their thumb on the scale, separate from other, you know, how much do people like it? How much are they engaging with it? This is their thumb on the scale factor, right? And I'm sure that Twitter still has like thumb on the scale factors. Uh, and Musk has promised that he would expose more of this stuff. And this is one of the, this is one of the areas he hasn't um, delivered. Uh, we've also continued to see accounts get banned that, you know, that I followed and that I would like to, you know, continue uh, uh, to follow. Um, and so, but at the same time, it's still the best, <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's no, you know, there, there's nowhere comparable for that, that, that you can go that has policies nearly as good. And so, um, you know, I think you, I, I plan to continue to use it and, but simultaneously, you know, pushing to hopefully get it to continue to be better. Yeah. On the, um, on, um, with library and odyssey. Um, so library is something that I had heard about a while back. Um, but I never, I never got into, I think a, a lot of blockchain stuff. I just don't, I don't understand it. So I'm, I, you know, sort of like, ah, I'll stick to things I, I can, you know, put my, wrap my head around. Um, but with, with odyssey, what I really liked about odyssey is that basically you link it. I linked it with my YouTube 
So anytime I would you know, put something up on YouTube, it would automatically come up on Odyssey, which I felt like was such an easy, it was like, wow, thank you. This is uh, so much easier than, you know, um, you know, having to do like separate, you know, uploads and, uh, and all that. Um, what, what, what's going on? Can you talk about what's going on with library and Odyssey? I don't want to put you like in a position. Yeah, where it's, a, a, talk, I, I, it's, you know? it's a bit, it's a bit complicated. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're not, uh, we're not dead yet, but there's a, a number of various stakeholders, uh, that I'm trying to get to agree with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, that can be a challenge and that there's one of those stakeholders still is the government. Uh, and mm. they're, they're still, uh, they're quite a challenge. So, I mean, they really, um, uh, look, what you said about, you know, blockchain being, um, uh, you know, sort of like hard, hard to use and opaque and all this stuff, like that is 100% where my head is at. I'm not someone who likes the nerdy stuff for its own sake. Like, you know, it, this stuff should exist to solve problems, right? You know, a car is complicated, but no one needs to know how their car works to drive it. People do great, you know? Uh, and so, you know, that's my attitude with the software that I make. Um, but I also wanted to make software. I wanted to make software that we could really bring to the masses. Uh, and um, of course, we got um, you know, uh, caught in these legal wranglings that really sort of strangled the company. And um, it's it's kind of still uh, still ongoing. Um, I am optimistic for the future, though. Um, like Odyssey still has a substantial amount of traffic and I think we're going to be getting, hopefully we'll be getting something together in the near future and, uh, and we'll have some actual news out, but and, and there's still a, legal complications basically. Yeah. And, and another thing I really like about Odyssey too, is that there is a, a plugin, at least in, in Chrome, I think, yeah. where if you go to YouTube and you, you click on a, uh, on a video, if that video exists on Odyssey, it could be, it will bring you to Odyssey to watch the video, which I think is uh, which I think is really cool, but also like, how the fuck did you get YouTube to be like, yeah, you guys can do that? Yeah. We didn't. We just did it anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, that's you know that's a distract. I mean, we did. We don't have YouTube's permission for any of those things. Um, the uh, we have permission of the content creator to do those things, yeah. and the content creator owns their content, so we're complying with the law. Um, the uh, but that's a, that strategy. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that your podcast audience is is full of people attempting to compete with big tech, so they'll love the the direction that's kind of that. <laughs> but no, that that's the strategy that that people need to use if they want to build these alternatives. Like, you can't expect people like whatever social media app people are addicted to. That's you know that's that's their dopamine hit. That's their crack cocaine. That's their coffee. Like, you can't get expect people to quit smoking. You know, it's much easier to get people to quit if you can kind of get them to, you know, gradually change their habits. Right. You know, and so I think anyone who's trying to build alternatives or people who want to use alternatives, like you're, you're much better off building graceful ways to go between them, as well as like setting, if you're a viewer, you're set a hat, hey, I'm going to listen, you know, because I don't like whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to always watch this creator on this other site, on this, mm-hmm. on this non-big tech site. And so like that, that you, that, and that way it's not, you don't have to quit YouTube, but you can, you know, replace some portion of it and get, and start getting some momentum behind the other things. Cause it's never this, it never happens. I mean, even if you think about like, you're right, the failure of MySpace, which was probably one of the biggest social media sites ever to, to fail. It's not like one day everyone was on MySpace and the next day everyone left. It's this gradual kind of ebb and flow of, of how one takes over from, from what came before. And so that's, um, I think that's anyone, that's, that's kind of the way you got to do it. 
Yeah. Oh man, I, I MySpace memories. Um, the first video of uh, that I, I made with my my partner Greg, Greg and Lou, we did a, a parody of Die Hard. It's called Die Hard. I love my wife, and it started as a live um, a live sketch we would perform. We shot it. We put it on MySpace, and I remember because I think I was in I was in Prague like on like vacation with, with my brothers and like logging into like dial up. Um, and then just watching it like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, like within a couple of days. And then I forget when, maybe like a week later, it lost everything. Like it just brought, it just shut down. I don't know yeah. if, we, if we, if we hit so many views that it just couldn't, it couldn't handle it. But like, even then like I, like if that were to happen to me now, I would be so upset and bummed out about it because I understand just sort of like what that reach actually means. But at the time I was like, Oh, that, okay. That sucks. But you know, <laughs> on, on to the next thing. And then it's like, shit, you know, yeah, well, it's like, it's like the early days of like the NBA, you know, where as much, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, medium height, uh, you know, uh, Jewish white guy could succeed back then. Uh, now it's a much more competitive market. You'll be, you'll have these stories like, uh, it's like the early days, like, it was, you know, you could, it was much easier to go, go pro. I mean, now it's, it's what everyone wants to do. You know, this is like the most, po- uh, uh, the most, isn't it like the most popular um, profession for, for younger, for like teenagers, like American, American uh, teenagers say they want to be like YouTube stars. Like that's the new professional athlete. That's the highest like status thing that they can can think of and uh yeah is that true do you have that have you seen well, that I, I don't i don't know sure. okay. probably i mean probably i mean you know it's like well which kind of influencer do you want to be do you want to be the tiktok guy do you want to be the streamer you know do you want to uh um and i guess with, with streamers there's uh gaming involved and and uh and all that yeah it's just you know it's 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 different you know the 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 world that uh um that, that we're that we're in the kids are, the kids are in nowadays you know it's you, it's it's tough for me to like even get my head around the stuff yeah. the scale of something because like I'm not really a, a a personality guy like there are people who I like I follow people like for their ideas but if I'm following someone for their ideas they're not fit. like people who have these like you know hundred million followers like it's about them you know right. and that's like there's no one who I follow because I'm like oh I want to you know like I'm into this per you know this this personality but obviously that's like who that's how a bunch of people are, right? And so all of these kids are, you know, are, are hanging on to these people's like, you know, every word or whatever, or very, yeah. they're very interested in what they have to say. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, something you brought up about, uh, you know, being a, you know, average size uh, Jewish uh, NBA player, uh, you know, back, back in the day. Um, you know, something that I wonder, uh, I wanted to ask you about was um, anti-Semitism, you know, broadly speaking, but then also anti-Semitism within the Liberty movement. And, and I, you know, and, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm a part of the Liberty movement, you know, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, you know, painting every, everybody with a, with a broad brush, but remember years and years ago, uh, actually it was the first pork fest that I ever went to. Um, I, uh, I was talking to a, uh, Orthodox Jew, um, who was, you know, I think he was moving uh, to New Hampshire and, you know, it was like a time of, like message boards and stuff. And a lot of like, you, you would hear the Rothschilds and, you know, a lot of this conspiracy stuff that, you know, ultimately it's like, you know, you peel back enough layers. It's like, Oh, you're, you're an anti-Semite. I mean, that you're, you know, that that's what's going on. And sort of, you know, I was just talking to him about the friction between like, you know, being a part of this movement where you all you have these uh, characters in it who, you know, believe, you know, really just, uh, I don't know, uh, 
bullshit ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's complicated uh, subject. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where first, like it's, it's one of those terms similar to racism where there's like a very wide way in which it's used right. the, in the sort of narrow form of both of them. Right. Like, which is like actually disliking someone because they're Jewish intrinsically or actually disliking someone because of a certain race intrinsically. You know, I think that's a, a terrible thing to do. That's the kind of behavior that should, we should you know, absolutely be uh, tabooing. But I think a lot of similarly, what's called anti-Semitism is not, mm-hmm. is not actually that. Right. So, you know, that is that a lot of what's called, you know, is anti, that, that you know, just criticism. And it seems, but it goes both ways, of course, right? So, do, are people criticizing Israel all the time because they don't like Jews? Certainly, criticizing Israel can't be anti Semitic, right? And you'll, but you'll, of course, you'll see people, um, right, um, say that kind of thing. You know, people, um, people attack the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire as being anti Semitic, but it's, it's half the team is, is, you know, Jewish uh, that's making the tweets, you know? And so I see the word used a lot when it's not, when I think it's completely inaccurate, but I think there is a small portion of people that are, um, I guess, like genuinely that way. But I think it's a much smaller percent of the pool um, um, than, you know, than the way that the label gets used, generally speaking. And so like, I think it's better to be, like, we need to be, I don't know, I don't like the idea of, of like sort of hunting for and and policing these sort of like theoretical you know thought crimes or thought activities that, that, that this person harbors this sort of belief in their heart you know like if someone if like i have no problem sort of uh going if someone is accused of of actually doing something to a jewish person someone is accused of an act of of a violation of some kind but this idea of like scrutinizing statements to try to find to that they they do actually have I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I approve of the of the of the attitude, but I just see I see it so misapplied. I see like if, just because you know, if 90 percent of the of the hunts for a racist or an anti-Semite are like against people who don't deserve it, you know, then mm-hmm. I just kind of want to discourage hunting, even if there are some people who deserve it, right? You know, and so it's that those are my kind of uh, complicated complicated feelings on the subject. Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, I've seen, you know, uh, anti-Semite and racist thrown around so much for people who obviously are not that when I actually come across something that is and I'm like, oh, shit, really? Like this person, like this throwback actually exists like this. This person still, you know, like walks, you know, walks among them. It's it's very jarring. You know, it's yeah. very it's yeah, actually yeah. to see it in, to see it, a real example. Well, my preference and it's funny because I was I was uh, going at it with some of these people uh, uh, on on Twitter the other um, on Twitter just like a, a month or so uh, uh, ago. And but I prefer one of the things that I don't like is the, the tabooing of like the discussion of facts. Right. Like mm-hmm. like the idea that say like the idea like the idea that Jews have disproportionate success in you know media or finance or or whatever right like that it's somehow anti-semitic to be pointing that out right i think that's ludicrous it's true that they have disproportionate success in these fields we should be able to talk about why that's true or at least be just you know you know or uh, right and if you have some claim that it's it's uh, all jewish nepotism or whatever some of these people would would say then like let's have that out and discuss whether that you know that's actually borne out by the facts 
I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, it's funny and I like to troll them with this. Like a lot of it to me, I see the same exact attitudes uh, among the uh, South Africans uh, who sing, uh, you know, kill the boar, right? Which is like when, when, when you can have a, a, a class solidarity and blame another class uh, that has disproportionate success, it's rational for the class to adopt that belief. So it's rational for a class to adopt. A, again, I'm not saying it's moral. I'm just right. saying it's, it's, it's rational self-interest for the class to adopt the belief that the capitalists are evil and we should hang them and take their stuff or, you know, it's rational to adopt the belief that the, that we need to kill the boars and take their land. And it's rational to say, look, the Jews are running all the banks, you know, let's right. Uh, let's go get them. Right. Uh, um, because that's easier than competing with them. Right. Um, you know, and so, uh, but I think if you, I think when you taboo it, that actually creates more sort of an undercurrent, for you know, sort of fascist-like actions, I think you're better off just allowing this stuff to be um, talked about, you know, and not and not taboo it. Which also does give the impression of this, you know, Jewish conspiracy and this Jewish, uh, you know, powerful uh, thing. Like if you look at you know, look at say how how Kanye or who was it, Kyrie Irving, who was the basketball player that got. I, I think it, yeah, I think it might have been yeah. Yeah, I don't even know that. I don't know much about that guy, but I remember that story and that you know. It does seem similar, similar, by the way, uh, there's some words about black people that get, get treated disproportionately to other words, right? But there's clearly different, there's a double standard here. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's to be anti-Semitic to point out that there's a, a double standard. Like, and that's even why, like, look, I think the Holocaust is re- was real. I think it was a very serious thing. But the idea that like Holocaust jokes are supposed to be of a different class from civil war jokes or communism jokes or whatever, like, I don't really like that either i don't want there to be a special class i don't want there to be special taboos and different words for different races and different classes i want it you know either we can joke about all this stuff or we can't joke about any of it. you know like let's have a more kind of because i don't i don't want that I, I as a jewish person don't want there to be some different standard for me than there would be for say white people or whatever mm-hmm. i mean i mean I, I think consider myself white, but yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think uh yeah yeah it's when you if, if you have the if you have subjects you're not supposed to talk about or um then it you don't have the opportunity to debunk massive amounts too you know it's just like you're sort of um by not having the conversation you're allowing you know the erroneous stuff to proliferate and to you know to keep going out i mean the amount you know, like uh the, the, I, when I've, I've seen it you know i've seen it before like they're still pushing like the protocols of the elders of zion like that like like that shit was debunked like over over a hundred years ago, and people are still yeah. But it's just ra- like it's just rational for groups to adopt beliefs that benefit the group. Like, why is it? Why look at why look at who is attracted to anti-fascism, right? Look at who is attracted to the most extreme forms of communism. It's like generally the people who are like you're the most uh, the biggest kinds of failures. These people who have like really lost at things, and they it it makes sense for them. It's more. It's more. You know, their, their calculation changes. And so adopting a violent ideology and, and look at who likes libertarianism, look at who likes free markets. It's smart, rational men, people who do, who are, who would do even better in a world in which they were you know, given more uh, freedom because we're good at making choices when we're allowed to uh, make them. Right. So look, so now of course I, I of course believe our arguments that our stuff, you know, is, is better and we create more prosperity and, and uh, it's morally correct. I'm not saying I don't believe any of these things myself. I do, but just to apply the same analysis to our own stuff, it's like, Oh wow. The men 
who are good systematic thinkers uh, and tend to have higher IQs tend to like this philosophy. <laughs> like they're again, I'm not saying it's an exclusive category. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's uh, there's um, uh, people that don't meet those characteristics, but it sure does seem like there's a pattern there. Um, you know? Yeah, and, and I think you know something uh, something that I've noticed too. You know, thanks to social media, where I'm, I'm 41 and I'll be having like a back and forth with somebody. And sometimes it's somebody who I, you know, who I've met or, you know, we've had a relationship with, uh, you know, like on, you know, online, you know, back and forth. And they'll be expressing their view of the world, which is very much a, you know, zero sum game. Uh, the system is keeping them down, all that. And, you know, I'm talking to them and I'm like, oh man, this kid, you know, like this poor kid, like I, I hope, you know, I, 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 how can I help this kid to see that, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that, you know, he could be doing, you know, to better himself and how can I help him out? And I'm, and in my mind, I'm speaking to a, to a young kid. And then I look and I'm like, this guy's 45, like, holy shit. Like this guy's older than me and speaking in such a, you know, uh, an immature way about the world. And it's like, it's like, dude, you know, it might, it might just be that you're a, you're a fucking loser. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, and the, the idea that, you know, maybe nobody's actually just like pulled this person aside and said, Hey man, you know, you're the one who's fucked up yourself, you know? Sure. But also like it's rational for the, and like, I, it's also it, rational for them for that class. And I, and I, by the way, I don't think they're always, I don't, I'm not trying to say that there's like inherently always a loser class. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think that's necessarily true. I think there's probably some percentage of people that are going to be like, uh, you know, misfits or whatever and and we don't necessarily want them but it's i think that's actually a relatively small percentage i think that the vast majority of people can can be sort of integrated and be sort of productive pro-social members of, of society um but it's it's just i you, you know i don't i don't know how it's ever not going to be rational for that person to believe that or that that people at that sort of class even if they're integrated to not how do you what you why is that person not going to believe it, it's bet you hey they cheated somehow or they you know whatever they they it was unfair in some way and that's why i lost i mean this is just part of being human i mean every team every everyone thinks the referee was unfair to their team everyone thinks the other team cheated and and, and got away with stuff you know it's just inherent in our psychology and so this idea that like so i also see you know for example sort of some of this conflict and strife and you know, coalitions forming against coalitions, the, the, the political nature of being human, it's all, none of it goes away under any system. It's all, it's all inevitable uh, and will all go on for until, you know, either the AIs will replace us uh, or it will just be the way we are as we, you know, spread throughout the stars. You know, uh, I just, you know, I don't, it's just, the incentives are there and it's just part of who, you know, who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, for uh, for anybody who you know may have picked up the Guardian or opened the web browser, um, well, when I was uh, reading an, an article I saw about about library, uh, the one word that they kept going with was extremist. You know, uh, <laughs> and so I guess you were an extremist. Uh, library and Odyssey were homes to extremists. You were giving voice to extremists and all that. And I'm just I, I'm just thinking like, man, if there if there's just like one word that to me means nothing. It's got to be the word extremist. Cause I don't know. I don't even know what that, I don't even know <laughs> what that means other than just like a scare word. Yeah. Well, that is what it is. I mean, that's, and look, this is the tactic because I think 
anyone who had a convert, whoever has a conversation with me would find me to be like a pretty reasonable person, you know, like you might not agree with me, but like I would have clear motivations and, and reasons for beliefs and so on. Well, that's scary, right? You don't want to have someone advancing that kinds of ideas that I try to advance and, and let people, you know, hear me too much. It's what's very important is that, you know, that as many people know as possible that like, I am a no, no bad person. Uh, before they ever hear any words, you know, come out of my, you know, come out of my mouth. So, um, I mean, I think there's been, you see that, I, I see that about, um, you know, myself, uh, just with the Free State Project, um, you know, in general, uh, that's absolutely the way that they like, you know, trying to to, to paint us, um, you know, up here. And look, uh, I, I guess, you know, in, in, in terms of um, liberty and freedom, like I am an extremist. I believe in it as much as, as I think one can. Um, that we ought to be able to make choices for ourselves and own ourselves, um, you know, and, and these sort of core um, libertarian ethical beliefs. I believe in them very deeply. And I, I'm trying to make them a, a reality, um, you know, both for myself and my, you know, my family and my children. And so, uh, I, you know, what's the, what's the Barry Goldwater quote about extremism, right? Extremism in defense of uh, liberty is no vice or, or something like that. Uh, moderation and defense of tyranny is no virtue. I, I, I butchered it uh, a little bit, but it's something like No, you, you, you know. made it your own. <laughs> you made it your own. Uh, well, you know, something, uh, so uh, with the, the Free State Project for, um, uh, if, if, I, if, if I were to summarize, if I get it wrong, um, uh, the idea is, uh, the idea has been, it's, you know, you guys are working on like maybe like 20 years or, or, or so at this point. Uh, the idea is you, you uh, uh, libertarians uh and caps anarchists freedom loving people will move to this state and slowly uh sort of take over the um take over the 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 state uh and make it a more free one uh is that you know kind of a, a good yeah summary? that's 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 pretty close yeah the idea is i mean it's it's recognition at least my personal journey not everyone would even agree with what i'm about to say but my personal journey is ties into other things I've said about this episode, just sort of recognizing that, hey, I sincerely believe in this thing. Other people don't. That's okay. Other people don't have to believe in it. There's enough people who do believe in it, millions of us, uh, who that we ought to be able to live in, in accordance with our values. And so the more of us that get together, the more we're able to achieve that. Uh, there are dozens of us elected uh, to the state house, including the um, house majority uh, leader. Um, we've really become one of the most powerful and prominent political factions inside of the state to point that you know, RFK, um, uh, Vivek, uh, Tulsi are all coming to court us, coming to our spaces, you know, uh, at reaching out to us and saying, can we come to your events? Um, and uh, you know, mainstream uh, press can't stop talking about us. New York Times, Boston Globe, all the, of course, they tell very slanted uh, and false uh, uh, stories about us. Uh, but, the fact that they're talking about us means that we're, um, yeah, we're, we're really succeeding. Um, I think that it's hard to count us, but I think there's more than 10,000 of us. Um, so, uh, and it's, you know, one person can have a really big impact one. And so, you know, you can imagine um, getting more and more of these people who are really active, uh, uh, you know, who are getting involved in various ways, who are becoming leaders in their communities. Um, and, uh, and it's working. I have a talk actually called doing what must be, uh, done that I gave at Porkfest for so for anyone who's new uh, to the movement, it's kind of like my uh, my thirty minute uh, intro into what we're doing and why it's important. Um, and uh, every libertarian, you, know, you don't have to believe all this stuff; it's grandiose. Uh, but you should visit. I think that's the real thing. Because like, even if you think it's only five percent likely to be true, 
it's still worth exploring because it's huge upside if this idea uh, can work. And so come out for a visit to New Hampshire sometime, contact the Free State Project, we'll help you plan a trip and all this stuff. Um, and come to Pork Fest or you, uh, you know, you, it's something, right? Like you, I remember you came out during, to a comedy show during COVID when uh, you know, everyone was doing masks and we had like 60 people, you know, in a, in a, in a room mask free in the middle of, in the middle of COVID for a Lou Perez show. And so that's the kind of stuff that you can do when you have, you know, enough libertarians um, you know, together. Yeah. And, and I have to say for, you know, comedians looking, you know, to, to, you know, for places to perform like the, you know, free staters are just a great audience, great crowd. And um, for that show, I remember, you know, the first thing I said was, oh, my God, this is normal. Like this is it's so abnormal how normal it was to be in that room with all those people who looking there to, to laugh. And I brought uh, two friends of mine two other uh, comedians up for that show. Um, and then afterwards, my one friend described it as like, he's like, you know, what to expect at a, at a you know, libertarian show. He's like, uh, afterward, the guy with, uh, you know, a gun on his, on his uh, you know, open carrying uh, sent him some Bitcoin, you know, as like a, <laughs> as like a thank you. And he was like, um, and like somebody, uh, I think somebody responded to him. I'm like, oh my God, seriously? Like, that's crazy. It's like, oh, actually they were really sweet. Like everyone was really nice and all that. And, you know, you should go check it out. Um, uh, check it out for yourself. Uh, but no, I, I've had, I've had, you know, such great experiences, uh, you know, drive, driving up and, you know, performing for you guys. And, you know, also uh, this time the pork fest was a little, it was a little tricky because I fucked up and I brought my family. That's not why, that's not why I fucked up. Um, I ended up booking a hotel that I thought was much closer to the campground. And it was like a 40 minute drive. And it was like, you know, trying to, trying to figure out like coming and going with my wife and our babies and stuff. Um, so now I know next time, uh, you know, figure, you know, figure out better, uh, better accommodations. Um, but you know, something I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, uh, Free State Project has been alive for uh, for a while now, and something that completely came out of out of left field, and I don't even know if you can call it left field, maybe right field, uh, is uh, uh, this guy uh, Javier Millet in Argentina. Javier is a anarcho capitalist, um, and it's looking like he might very well be the next president of Argentina, which. Anybody who listens to this show, they know that's where my dad is from. And the, you know, the history of Argentina is, is one riddled with, you know, a lot of problems, you know, from, you know, uh, the left and the right and the, the military juntas and, you know, and all this stuff. So the idea that of, out of everywhere in the world where a libertarian could possibly be making noise and, and actually making a movement, you know, uh, happen, that it's happening in Argentina is, is is incredible. It is. It's a. It's a very positive thing. I am. Uh, I'm a very uh, insular and ignorant American. So I'm not. I can't. I haven't like done a deepest the deepest dive. Uh, but my impression is the real deal. He talked about selling kids. So I'm like, oh, he's a real land cap. You know, if he talks about selling kids, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you, you can talk to, about that you a little to, more. You had to walk that one back. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, right. if someone's even entertaining that idea, you're like, okay, that person's probably legitimate and anarcho capitalist. Right? That's a very unpopular idea. You don't go. You don't go around like talking about that idea unless you. Uh, Unless you unless you believe in it, although I mean I I do believe that if you can do something for free, you should generally be allowed to do it for money. Um, so, um, uh, but um, uh, yeah, so it's very good. I mean, like I guess 
one thing, one question that I have, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to like pop a bubble of excitement because it does seem like very mm-hmm. cool that this is happening, but don't they, don't they just have a revolution in one direction or the other, like every 20 years or every 10 <laughs> to 20 years? So it's right, like, yeah. is this just like, you know, uh, so it'll be interesting when having, you know, can, you know, can you hold on, can you produce something or will that sort of, you know, will there be a, um, a populist, you know, sort of bitterness against progress? Because that's what it is. I mean, that's what causes that left wing, you know, resentment. It doesn't matter that it's not truthful, right? Like if you if you look at you know, again any sort of communist or infused movement where you're revolting against the 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 moneyed or the landed classes, um, it's you know it doesn't have to be true. It just has to be in the self interest of enough people that they adopt the belief, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's it's this weird kind of thing, you know. This I, I'm I'm more and more persuaded that we're not really rational. Well, we're rational creatures, but we're rational in this way that's like hidden from our own rationality, almost, you know. And so people have this ability to just believe things, you know. Um, right. And and you couldn't, you're not going to like reason them out of their their communist revolt. And so that's the question: is like, can I? Hey, but. Uh, I hope it. I hope it can happen. I mean, you and you can look at. And I don't. I'm not saying he's libertarian, but you can also look at what, you know, what's happening in El Salvador. Mm. You know, and like if they're, hey, even just a competition for government, you know, makes the world a much better place. Even if, even I, I you know, I would, I would rather be going closer to full ANCAP. But like, look, if governments are just being competitive and saying, look, instead of instead of competing to tear down the productive people and and give more to our citizens, if they're now instead competing to attract. You know, people who want to build things and people who want to be productive, like even that would be a very positive change. So I think on the whole, it's all got to be viewed very positively. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if, if Javier Millet speaks English. He, I'm sure he does, like, in, you know, in some capacity, but I, I would love to, I'd love to see him at the next Pork Fest. That would be, that would be amazing. I mean, what, I mean, cause like it really, that's part of why I'm, I'm excited about New Hampshire. I mean, it's crazy how, all encompassing this sort of you know, global um, regime of rules is, and I'm not saying that Malay is about to change this, but just in terms of anything from, you know, intellectual property to securities law to blockchain to biotech, you know, it's it's just miles of of red tape and encumbrance, and you're a space where where people really could be. Um, allowed to build things in a really free way. You know, it exists almost nowhere in the world. And I think what, you know, I think humans could, that, that, and that's the kind of libertarian I am, by the way. I'm like, I'm not the doomer. I'm not the like prepper. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I'm the, I'm like, I want to go to Mars, you know, like the, I'm that, that one. Uh, and I see the government is like, you're not letting us go to Mars. We'd be getting to Mars faster, you know? Uh, and so that's the, that's definitely the kind of stuff that excites me. And so there being some space on earth where like, that's pro, you know, building and making things, you know, I, cause I just, I just think there's nowhere. Um, and, and it would be so cool to see that spring up. Yeah. I, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, has been sending me a lot of prepper shit. So I'm like wondering what I've been looking at that, that they, uh, that they feel like I, I need to see that. And I, and I see the people who are preppers and I'm like, I don't know if uh, with these people in particular. My yeah, I think I'm just gonna die. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm just gonna die. If, if yeah. The, yeah, 
Yeah. Just go out like <laughs> in a I don't know if I see the mushroom cloud. I'm just gonna walk <laughs> towards it, you know. Um, if that comes down to it, you know, it's something you were you were uh, you know we've been talking about just sort of like the you know psychology about you know rationalizing stuff, uh, you know, and 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 what I find is especially in the in the liberty movement is I, I know that you uh, this is very insightful. Um, you've had arguments, you know, on Twitter with uh, a number of, uh, uh, you know, with a number of, of people in the movement. And I'm in this position where, like, I get along with, like, I think everybody kind of in the movement. So I, I kind of look at any time that, like, you're arguing with somebody that I know, I'm like, oh, here's my two friends who are up here. <laughs> and, and, you know, part of me is like, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little bitch who likes gossip, you know, so I'm like going to sit on the outside and eat my popcorn. Um, but ultimately, I feel like uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm biased in that if I like people, like I kind of let them get away with stuff that I might otherwise jump down somebody's you know gullet over. You know, so it's like, oh, Jeremy wrote this thing that I'm out there. Ah, but I like Jeremy, or you know, <laughs> or you know, uh, and I'll say you know, Maj, like I like Maj. You know, so you know, it's sort of like uh, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully I, I don't know uh, we we could all like, you know, sort of keep like the, uh, uh, the good things in mind and, you know, totally, totally. And I'm not, no one has to agree with me on anything that, that I've got. That's a controversial take. I'm not trying to draw land lines in the sand. I'm not trying to, you, you're with us or against us, you know, or anything like that. I don't even see these people as my enemy. Um, I do, I, I do admit that like, I am like probably more comfortable with just like arguing and conflict you know, than a lot of people are. And I've seen that even running my own, own companies. I'm like, where people be like, that was pretty intense. I was like, what do you mean? We're just having an argument. I was like, we're just, we're just friends again. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, like, I'm not, um, um, uh, so, uh, and also part of that is, you know, I said it's social media, right. Which is partially, you know, we're in a, a boxing ring. Right. And yeah. so if, if someone, if I perceive someone as like sort of coming at me or coming at a brand that I'm helping represent, then like, Again, if I'm getting punched, if, if you are throwing a punch, I have to throw a punch back. I can't, I can't, please don't punch me. It is rude when you punch me. Like that is not, you know, that's just not the right, you can't respond right that way um, for the most part. Occasionally you can. Uh, and so that's, you know, that, that's it. I, I, you know, and I've been trying to, feel free to call me out. Anyone can, you can clip this and throw it back in my face. I'm trying to take like a tit for tat approach. So if only if someone is like, it's with with libertarians, I'll punch a non-libertarian first. But if it's someone who's like supposed to be on my team, like we're we're trying never to be throwing the first punch. If we feel that people come at us, you know, then then we feel that we've got to you know respond. Is kind of how we're, we're you know we're trying to be with that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, uh, but yeah, um, and I do, but I do see us as on you know I do see us as, as ultimately on on the same team. And I'm always happy to like talk it out you know with anyone. Like the Maj one, Maj was never interested in having a conversation he was explicitly he's explicitly unwilling and uninterested in having a conversation you know so it's like doesn't you know I, you know I don't know where you can go from there a lot of the haters aren't interested i'll talk to anyone i went on to i went on to fakertarians by myself like you know two years ago and talked to all seven of them at the same time um so like you know i'm not someone who shies away uh from talking to someone and i'm and i'll do it without being rude or aggressive so long as they uh you know return the favor yeah well um you know, I, I, I hold out hope that, you know, there's more, you know, conversations to, to have. And, uh, you know, dude, thanks for coming by and having a conversation with me. So I really Sweet. appreciate it.
Yeah. So you're fun to, fun, fun to talk to. So you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter and come visit New Hampshire if you enjoyed the show and you're still listening.